0: The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. This city oh, is my city. And I love it, yeah, I love it. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host Fred Perry, and welcome to the CEO Roundtable. Glad that you have tuned in this weekend. Uh, very excited to welcome a good friend and and someone who really has his finger on the pulse of uh, Columbia's community. That's Bob Roper. Uh, Bob Roper. Esquire, correct? That's correct. Yeah, tell folks about where you grew up, Bob, and and how you ended up in Columbia.
1: I grew up in uh, southern Indiana and then uh graduated from high school, spent several years in Lamar, Missouri, southwest Missouri. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Lamar Harry, Harry Truman's Harry, Truman's birthplace. Harry much right. birthplace. Yeah, exactly okay. right. Yeah. And uh went off to college, came graduated and came back to Columbia. Uh-huh. Came to Columbia to go to law school. Okay. The, uh, I think it was in the 1900s, not the 1800s. Anyway, it was 18. It was 1965. Yeah, got interrupted by the uh, draft, and so had to be out a while. Wow! Thank you for your service. Yes, sir. Happy to be a proud veteran. Anyway, the uh, uh, I graduated in 1970. Practiced for 12 years. Decided I didn't like it, and a lot of lawyers I didn't like either, or (laughs) trust. Uh, So I thought, what am I doing here? Got into, got lucky, got into, got hired by what was then Boone County National Bank. (laughs) Uh, running their trust and investment area. Years later, after we'd had some success, I convinced the upper level of management uh, of Central Bank Company to split, spin off all the trust departments, roll them into a separate trust company Yeah. Uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. They did it, and for the last Part of my career, I was the president and CEO of that organization and treated very well by that organization. Yeah,
0: well, you were very successful. I mean, you really... We did well. uh, Tell us about the assets you had under management. That was a long time ago, relatively speaking, but it was a big deal back then
1: yeah i 'd say we 're probably at about uh, eight or nine billion dollars yeah. now yeah impressive yeah that 's great. I mean part of that 's my successor don 't get me yeah, wrong yeah yeah.
0: well, I think that um, one of the one of the things that 's interesting about your story that a lot of people don 't know and and maybe you 've signed a non disclosure but you you were really kind of one of the few people that was good friends with Stan Cronkey when he was in town. In fact, you guys were business
1: partners right yeah exactly As yeah. he says I was his very his very first business partner, wow, and you yeah. survived. Actually, uh, yeah, it was our hippie clothing shop, if you can believe it, since I'm uh, Mr. This, uh, Conservative.
0: Lattigos of London. of London. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and where
1: was that? Uh, North Ninth Street, right, okay. out, right across from, uh, what is now, uh, the Blue Note. Okay.
0: Yeah, very good.
1: Anyway, the interesting thing was, uh, we, before we sold, we, we were 50 50 partners. Mm-hmm. And Dan would never do that again, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not even with me i don't That's know right <laughs> uh we never had an argument we never wow. had any problems i trusted him he trusted me mm-hmm. we would divide up the day's work you know and yeah. get it done and yeah. then, uh uh so i know stan is controversial to some people but mm-hmm. not to me he treated well, me great and yeah. we we are still friends and this is uh, something that you don't hear
0: about stan kronke and, and and you know this is my perception i could be wrong but but
1: Granted, he married well, but Stan Kroenke's a self-made man. He, uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, he turns out to be a uh, hardworking, in fact, always working uh, mm-hmm. uh, business genius. I mean, he's parlayed a, a I don't know that he ever loses on deals. No, nope. except maybe the St. Louis Rams right, deal. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, he—it's he, incredible what he's able had been able to do. It's the, uh, you know, just the miracle of uh, American free market democratic capitalism. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's well, it's, it's an impressive story. And uh, uh, he now he grew up in Coal Camp, Missouri, so he's True. he's a native. And and uh, but you know, I, um, I I don't think people get to hear that about that side of Stan. And uh, there's there are a handful of people who were good friends with Stan. When he lived here in Colombia, uh, but you know, the the richer you get, uh, the harder it is to trust people and and have friends that don't necessarily want something from you. So exactly, you know, that's that makes it very tough. And um, so yeah, that's a that to me is a very interesting part of your story. Um, so. You um have you've done a an amazing job of really being a good advocate uh, out in Columbia's business community and and keeping up to date on things. Uh, you do do a weekly radio program for for another radio station across town, the um and uh so you, you know you you are required to sort of keep up to date on things and be able to talk intelligently about them. So I was excited to have you come in and and uh, join me. Mike Murphy, who's your co-host on that program, uh, comes in on a somewhat frequent basis, and but I, I really want to kind of get your spin. This this has been a very interesting week, and, and it's, a, it's a dangerous topic, uh, probably not with the listeners of this radio station, but, but you know, the, the, what's happening in our homeless population is, is very interesting, and, and, it, and for me, I'm not all that interested in the homeless camps or, or people on the street corners begging. I, I, you know, we're all so used to it now, but what I am sort of interested in is uh, sort of what's going to happen to Columbia's crime rate. The man who attacked the woman, the three women on the trail this weekend, um, this past week, was um, homeless and uh, arrested for that. Uh, The gentleman who dropped uh, his wife off of the overpass at I seventy and sixty three was living in the homeless camp by Home Depot. Uh, The gentleman who stabbed his wife multiple times um, and left her out in front of Home Depot on the on the uh, Bass Pro on the uh, uh, median there uh, was living in that homeless camp. So. You have a dangerous combination of mental health problems and substance abuse problems, and I think that that's fairly well documented in the homeless population. Um, what's that going to do to Columbia's crime, from your vantage point?
1: Well, the uh, it depends on how they handle the uh, the so-called uh, opportunity campus. Is that what they yep, call it? Yeah, that's what they call it o- right now. Opportunity center. Yep, eighteen million. Eighteen million dollars. Uh, I'm afraid that they're going to replicate the mistakes made in california uh... ten years ago the obama administration created this program called uh... housing first right it took away all responsibility for the individual to try to get better to get fixed get sober et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. and you know and we have ton, a lot of programs where like uh... welfare it always used to be you had to be looking for work yeah or there's others too. the pell grants you got to make academic progress yeah and they took all that away saying, oh, no, just that's too, that's that's wrong. No more incentives. No more incentives. Uh, yeah. We're just going to say, here it is. Come on in and I'm sure you'll be fine. Mm. Well, 10 years later, I'd say that uh, California has proven the bankruptcy of that idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the Petri dish of failure yeah. using that. And I have a terrible fear that we're about to replicate it. And by the way, yes, it does include both low-level crimes and the more serious ones that you were just talking about—that—that yeah. that, all you have to do is take a look at places like San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles, and other places that uh, uh, foolishly adopted that as a statewide program. And you—I you, mean, there's a lot of other bad governance there too. We know that. Yeah. If you don't really feel like uh, criminals ought to be prosecuted, you get—you get, you can understand what you get yeah. also. Yeah. But uh, the. The problem is as you noted i would say that 70 to 80 percent of the homeless are either mentally ill seriously mentally ill right uh addicted to something Mm -hmm. seriously Mm -hmm. or both yeah and therefore if you follow that format i'm not sure if some of them are even going to go but if you don't ask anything of them uh, I don't see that they have an incentive to uh, get any better.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, you, I think you and I in the past have talked about this documentary called Seattle is Dying that was filmed not by a conservative organization, but by the ABC affiliate in Seattle. Right. Several years ago and five or six years ago. It is a fascinating 48 minutes uh, to watch this documentary and see what happened in the city of Seattle. And, you know, and what they say. And this, and this, and I know that you have the opportunity to talk to Columbia police officers, uh, off of the, um you know uh, you know off the cuff and and you say well in seattle they say that more than 90% of the homeless population uh has some type of substance abuse problem and that probably at, uh, at least 50% close to 50% of them have some type of diagnosed mental illness as a problem also it's a pretty dangerous combination when you put the two together
1: it's terrible only 1 or 2% of the population are schizophrenics but when you think about it, if uh, they're not in an institution or in a bed somewhere, yeah. uh, a portion of those are going to be paranoid Yeah, have yeah. that ideation. Right. And those are very dangerous people Yeah, uh, unless they are uh, under medication. Yeah. I think the thing that's so frustrating to me about what the city and the county and others are planning to do is there are cities that successfully have dealt with how to deal with the homeless. Mm-hmm. There's Coronado, California. Talk about that. What what are some of the solutions that you've well, seen cities use over the years? Uh, well, you talked about one in, in your op-ed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's somewhere in Rhode Island. Yeah, is pro- Providence, uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they, usually, they whether it's there or uh, San Antonio, there's, yeah. there's one fact that is always there. We can't help you unless you're willing to help yourself yeah. and try to get sober, try to get uh, mental illness help, etc., yeah and they just won't tolerate that kind of behavior. Yeah. The mayor of Coronado, California says, "We're not going to put up with you uh, urinating and defecating on the streets or camping and and other committing petty crimes." Uh so they they remove them either to jail or out of the, of the city. Yeah. Other places, uh um, their successful story is that uh they really work hard. I don't know exactly how they have ch- achieved success in San Antonio, but I do know That they demand that if you uh, want assistance, you have to get on a path of sobriety or uh, assistance for your mental problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will help you if you will help yourselves. And, And I think success stories often involve very good people working with an individual that says, I've had it. I've got to sober up and it takes years sometimes to get them where they need to be and actually you can never quit yeah you have to keep them uh on the straight and narrow or they might fall back but there's some amazing stories out of successful cities where uh someone is in a gutter throwing up on themselves and they slowly but surely climb back to sobriety get a job maybe get married, have a family, yeah. but you still stay connected. That's the common theme. That yeah. You never, ever give up.
0: Well, you, you get castigated. Uh, I mean, Columbia, when you talk about the problem, I, I think that people say, oh, you have no compassion, you're, you know, you're, uh, you're heartless, you're a cold-hearted Republican. You know, the, the deal is, is I want to help these people, but I don't want to throw good money after bad. I, w- I want to basically have some accountability in the system, and, and I think that that's what's been lacking. I don't think people really have an understanding of how much money goes through this Boone County Children's Services Fund, how much goes through the city's Community Services Fund, how much is collected by the United Way. It is millions and millions and millions of dollars that this community spends on homeless services already. every year already before we build an $18 million uh, opportunity campus. And what do we have to show for it? Well, we, what we have to show for it is that the word is getting out that Columbia, Missouri is a good place to be homeless. If you want free services with zero accountability and nobody keep, keeping an eye on how the dollars are being spent. And so we're throwing good money after bad. And it's, uh, and, The problem is just exacerbating itself right here before our eyes.
1: And we could become a magnet, as you well know. Mm -hmm. I think the successful places all have the same idea. It's like that. Maybe this is biblical. I'm not sure. Give a man a fish, and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime. It's it's actually people accepting responsibility for wanting to get better with help with beds for yeah. mentally ill yeah. uh, and on and on. It, it, I think there is a way, but I have a bad feeling we're going the wrong yeah. way. You're going to waste 18 million bucks. Well, people tell us that, um, um, it's, this
0: is affordable housing problem. And, and this is not a housing problem. Uh, this is not a housing problem. This is a substance abuse and mental illness problem in our community. And until you fix those two things, uh, until you try to fix those two things, uh, you're, you're not going to accomplish, um, anything in this regard. So, um, I, you know, I, I know you don't like loggers, but you, I'm sure that you <laughs> you saw what happened um, to Greg Copeland's office last week. And I don't know how many of our listeners were able to see those photos that were circulating on Facebook. But, uh, you know, a homeless uh, population moved in to Greg Copeland's law offices in downtown Columbia. Uh, he was out of town. He was gone for five weeks. They lived there for five weeks. And when the police finally went in last week and, and uh, uh, the folks from Malley Real Estate went in there because the property is listed for, for lease, uh You know, homeless people had been in there for five weeks and had completely trashed this man's law offices. Drug paraphernalia, crack pipes, needles, all over the place. And this is in the broad daylight at the corner of 9th and Broadway in downtown Columbia. How does that happen?
1: I don't know the answer to that, but it should not happen, and that's perfectly obvious. Now, I will say one thing. Uh, My compassion for people mentally ill is almost... uh, uh, without limit, because yep. don't forget, back in the the seventies or eighties, we had the uh, uh, movement to get people yep. out of way, being yep. warehoused in yep. mental mental facilities, yep. and it was successful. The problem is the states, by and large, didn't do their part by then providing uh ongoing treatment and bed op bed uh, yeah. beds in case someone. Uh, just really has to be
0: there yeah yeah and again this is not uh, i mean i want to be as humanitarian as possible and i want to acknowledge that there that there is mental illness and there is substance abuse which is almost it is a difficult thing to overcome i'm visiting with bob roper uh, and we'll be right back after this break on the ceo roundtable you're listening to 93.9 the eagle
1: mess around they're doing the mess around they're doing the mess around everybody doing the mess around ah everybody was juice you can that yo so this is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 939 the Eagle
0: Welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. Uh, This is segment two. We are visiting with Bob Roper, uh, Esquire. He is a a longtime Columbia resident, uh, someone who has had his finger on the pulse of the community for many years, Uh, local radio talk show host, and he wrote a
1: column for the Tribune for several years. Five years, every two weeks, and then uh, thereafter, uh, when I'd get irritated about something, usually. Yeah, yeah. It it is a... um,
0: I'm just a digital subscriber to the Tribune. Uh, I sure hate what's happened in local media. I, you know, it's it's kind of a we enjoyed a long period. These people drove us crazy, <laughs> but you know, uh, the 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 watchdogs that we had in our community. Uh, you know, we didn't feel like we needed Paul Albert. We didn't feel like we needed Henry Lane. Um and granted they had somewhat unconventional approaches to the way they pushing things, but you know, it was it was comforting to know that somebody was paying attention. And uh and we had that with the Columbia Tribune for many years. We had that even with the Columbia Missourian for many years. But today, I just I kind of wonder: Is anybody now? Mike Murphy does a beautiful job with Comobuzz. Yes, he does. Um,
1: But (laughs) people should subscribe to that.
0: They should absolutely. And uh, c o m o b u z dot com. If you haven't, but you know, here is a guy that has made a significant investment, uh, primarily in time, into local community journalism, and he's paying attention to the things that nobody else pays attention to, and it's alarming. What he kind of comes across sometimes by accident, you know what I mean? But he knows the right questions to ask, which is, uh, which is, uh, terrific. I, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, the Columbia Police Review Board and some of the things that are happening with the police department. Um, you know, it's a tough time to be a cop, uh, in almost any city in America. And, um, I would say that, uh, the amount of, uh, disrespect for police officers, uh, and just you know police organizations is a little unsettling and, and we see it in full play during the meetings of the columbia police review board now i know that there was a meeting earlier this week and i have no idea what came out of that meeting if anything happened at all but you know they're awfully hard on our police chief jeff jones and then uh, unfortunately last weekend a video got out of two police officers arresting a man who was resisting arrest outside of Harpo's on 10th Street. One camera angle shows a police officer punching the man that was on the ground uh, being detained five times in the face. You did, Depending on which, which uh, video footage you saw, you didn't really see the man kicking the police officer right before getting he got punched in the face five times. This will all be, will all be vetted by the Sheriff's Department and by a special investigation team. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a tough time to be a cop. What, what, what is your thought about the way our city supports our police department?
1: Well, uh, not good enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, let's do some recent history. In the last uh, 20, 20, 23 years, our city has grown since 2000 uh, by about 50%. Mm -hmm. And one other thing about that that people miss sometimes is the area of the city, the the acreage has grown by about 50%. But Mm -hmm. until about 2018, we were not tracking the growth of, Officers like we should have. Right. So we were quietly and unintentionally, probably defunding our police by not uh, ma- making a commensurate investment in officers and numbers uh, as our city grew, both by uh, acreage and by uh, population. Mm-hmm. And I have to give the last few managers credit, particularly John Glasgow. He was trying to fix that, but mm-hmm. we're behind. We're still way behind. Right. And so and in addition, we had some people on our city council that uh, were all in on uh, defunding and yeah. demonizing. Uh, uh, the first ward councilwoman is now gone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I personally think she treated uh, Jeff Jones, the chief, uh, with uh, just reprehensible behavior. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tremendous professional disrespect. It was. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, so. No courtesy at all. None whatsoever. And in fact, uh, you know, just demonizing him to his face and mm-hmm. i let me tell you fred i've been what well, i've known chiefs around here since yeah. the, the early 1970s mm-hmm. and i personally think he's the best we've ever had wow that's what yeah, a yeah, compliment but you got to let him yeah. got to let him do his thing yeah and uh so and, I, and I you need
0: a strong city manager for that too bob i mean i think that that's something that is you know typically in the past and this it's the structure of our government. Leave my police chief alone. Leave all of my department heads alone. If you don't like the way the police chief is running, uh fire me. Right. You know, and that's what they did with Mike Mathis. They fired Mike Mathis. They did indeed. You know, and so uh so I mean you got we have to have some little stronger leadership that are defending people like I'm protecting people like Jeff Jones.
1: Well, I'm glad uh, uh you know, I'm in the ward. I'm glad uh Don Waterman was elected. He was much more police friendly than his opponent. Yeah. So, I think the chief and the department got a good break on the uh recent council elections. Whether we'll see what how that actually yeah. develops, but uh the uh, my point is they, they deserve more resources. They deserve more respect for certain individuals that will never give them a respect. Right. Like, uh, uh, race matters friends, uh, you know, they, they'll, they'll never have anything nice yeah. to say about the police yeah. department. And some other people in town really think they, really do believe the police are the problem instead of the criminals. Now, yeah. uh, having observed that over the years, I find that to be the most feckless, foolish, stupid idea i've ever heard in my life yeah I, but some people actually believe that uh, yeah as well, a as a professor once told me a long time ago well, bob don't forget there are s- some ideas sto no. what the hell is it, that there it's unbelievable the number of stupid ideas that intelligent people will actually yeah, believe you know, yeah. something that's like right, that that's right yeah
0: well uh and you've had kind of a unique vantage point on crime in our community over the years uh, even though she doesn't talk to you you're married to a, a woman who was a a judge for a long time ellen roper yeah uh, he's your wife and and i have a very healthy fear of your wife i always have <laughs> um, and
1: i've she never can't hurt you now
0: I, well i've never well she could uh, i've never appeared before her so i'm not sure why i'm so afraid afraid of her but but you know it's it's interesting um so you've seen it for i mean married to a judge for all those years Um, there's some pretty dark things that happen in our community that people never ever know about
1: exactly right and a couple of comments on that first of all the statistics show i think that one to three percent of criminals commit 40 or 50 percent of the really serious crimes and I've always thought that whether it's the police, but particularly prosecutors, judges, and juries, if you get a chance to, uh, max somebody out and put them out of commission for 30 or 40 years, you should do it. Yeah. Because they will do it again. Yeah. yeah. And they will hurt somebody. Yeah. And so I think we used to have a little more of that than we do now. Mm-hmm. And we need to come back to that because uh, the police chief will tell you if you ever get him in here. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. the same people over and over again. Yeah. And, uh, can we talk about the uh, review board also yeah absolutely okay, yeah uh, I have no problem with that. I just don't want it to be a gotcha bunch of appointees yeah. and that's what it seems to be for the most part. well, in the past, we'll see how these new ones uh, uh, that meeting the other night i'm not I haven't yeah. heard any news about it, but see see if they're a little more reasonable, uh, but the last thing you want to do is get a bunch of anti police agenda driven people yeah. with subpoena and investigatory powers uh to make life miserable for the chief and everybody else yeah
0: i had Rhonda carlson on a, a couple of weeks ago and she had been the chair of the columbia police review board and and um, you know we need people like Rhonda. I mean, Rhonda doesn't have time to do this. Rhonda has a very successful real estate and, and, and development business, and and here she's giving her time to step forward, and and she's objective as can be, and I think right. that she's willing to, you know, uh, sort of let you know let everybody be innocent until they're absolutely found guilty. But right. uh, some of her co board members, uh, the lady who's now running for U.S. Senate who's no longer on the board, I can't remember her name. It's it's, it's the name of a month, De- December. December, okay. And um, but you know the way that she talked about police officers as an objective member of the board right. you know what i mean it
1: just was was insane and yeah. so um, yeah. go ahead go ahead yeah as a, as as for the police department going forward they need more people i think they've had a pretty good recruiting year they're closing cases at mm. a good rate yeah i personally don't have any problem with the idea that You you use the Dallas-Texas system whereby you find out where the hot spots are, mm-hmm. you find out where the really bad people are, and you hone in on them with your main force. That's profiling. If, you know, it's profiling criminals, yes, and I'm all for it. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, uh, but what Dallas has done, they have some ancillary programs so that if someone is committed a crime but they're mentally ill mm-hmm. or addicted, it's okay to bring in... Uh, uh, mental health professionals and divert those people to more services like that right yeah. and let your cops go after the really bad people and clean them out yeah here is here is something that i've discovered about our criminal justice
0: system that i think is a really bad habit and and i really only discovered this as a county commissioner but you know we we have this uh this group that meets a couple times a month uh and it's called the jail crowding task force or something like that and and they. Uh, we, we make decisions on which criminals are allowed to be let free based on how crowded our jail lists. That should not be a barometer. You know what I mean? Nope. Uh, the, uh, the, their, their propensity for those people to repeat crimes and, and cause a danger to our society should be the only barometer we're looking for. You know, we've talked about police, we've talked about judges, but there's something in between that I think is probably broken in Boone County as it is around the rest of the world, and it's really the prosecutor's office. And, and, we've, we've had an, and we have a new prosecutor, and so we want to give him the chance to prove himself. But you see in so many cities where crime is a problem, it's because prosecutors have been so soft uh, on crime, and uh, And I don't want to say it's laziness, but you have to wonder what it is about the number. I, I don't have to wonder. You Okay, you know it's laziness. It's ideology. Ideology, okay. Yeah. Talk about that.
1: Well, uh, a lot of these people are supported financially by George Soros right. and his organizations. Yep. And, uh, of course, he's an extremely wealthy guy, and he's put a lot of it into these uh, various foundations unfortunately Mm -hmm. and uh they honestly believe that uh uh, criminals are getting a bad break it's based on racism and therefore we don't we don't prosecute so you see that in los angeles they got rid of one in uh in san francisco finally Mm -hmm. uh kimberly kimberly gardner out of st louis area and on and on there's there's a bunch of them and people get duped into uh voting for these people they don't realize that uh, uh they're anti-police anti-prosecution pro-criminal i mean there's no other way to say it yeah and so these people unfortunately uh are allowing their cities to be victimized by criminals that ought to be behind bars and they won't even prosecute say lower level offenses that you know new york was cleaned up by rudy giuliani by hiring uh, bill bratton Mm -hmm. and he had the broken windows theory yeah where if you if the theory is if you let Slide small little crimes. Give them an inch, they'll take them out. They'll conclude yeah. you're not serious about yeah. bigger crimes, yeah. and so uh, there is a way out. But you have to have different. Uh, different uh, uh, mayors and and different prosecutors and police chiefs. It, it's I think fun. our local prosecutors doing a good job by the way. He's working really okay. hard. Okay, well we we, we have a, a long way to go. Yeah, you regime. know,
0: I I look at the the Nadria Wright case, you know, the young Columbia College uh, female who was murdered. Uh the guy who murdered her, um, you know, uh they know who murdered her. They they had a case. They gave an alfred plea. Um, you know, her mother, Shonda Hamilton, has been very outspoken about it, but I think that you see the problems in our prosecutor system when people like this kid who murdered Nadria Wright uh, get a very light sentence because the prosecutor's office just doesn't have time to mess with it.
1: Well, a, there was a further problem, too. A lot of young people in that uh, office that hadn't been properly trained. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, Fred, it's very hard to convict someone uh, beyond a reasonable doubt unless you have a confession or something like that, mm-hmm. even a bunch of eyewitnesses. So it's, it's a tough trade to, wow. to be a good prosecutor, it's, it's and sad. it takes training, it, yeah. and, it, uh, and you need a good first assistant to run the office and, and train, et cetera, yeah. and teach them how to be good prosecutors. And he's getting there.
0: Yeah, well, good. What is his name again? uh roger johnson roger johnson yeah good okay. i've not met him but i i hope that he uh good guy i hope doing that a good he job. can you know get the resources he needs i i don't you know danny knight was very very clear about the fact that he he never really had the resources he needed to do his job and and so i think that being able to uh get some more support and some more staffing for the prosecutor's office especially as our
1: crime rate continues particularly if, he, if a lot of it goes into training to yeah. get, get a battery of uh these younger prosecutors that are pretty darn good yeah So that's a, that's a key part of the
0: system. Yeah, sure is. Well, there's so many other things that we need to cover. And we're going to kind of do a rapid round, uh, rapid fire round here in our third segment, but we're going to be talking about our schools, uh, the American rescue plan money that the city is handling one way and the county is handling another way. We're going to talk about that as we're coming up and just some of the self-inflicted, some of the self-created problems that, uh, seem to be plaguing our city, whether it's power lines, uh, the water plant, utility rates, roll carts, uh, the official complaint from the Department of Natural Resources over the homeless camp. Quote, unquote. Uh, Quote, unquote. uh, Air quotes. Uh, All of that and more is coming up in the third segment. I'm visiting with Bob Roper, a longtime Columbia resident, a man who has his finger on the pulse of this community, local radio talk show host. All of that and coming more up on the CEO Roundtable. Yes, sir.
1: By the way, i have known as a recovering attorney.
0: A recovering attorney. That's exactly right. So uh, that's Bob Roper. I'm Fred Perry. Back after this on 93.9 the
1: Hi, This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle.
0: And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Thank you for tuning in this weekend. Fred Perry is with Bob Roper here in the studio. Uh, talking about a wide variety of things, things that are very important to our community, and I hope that you have been interested uh, in uh, in hearing some of this stuff and, and uh, thinking about it. Uh, our community is faced with a number of challenges. Columbia is still a wonderful place to live, but we have got to get our arms around some of these problems uh, before they take our community into the crapper. And I think that that's something that we really have to worry about. One of the things um, is the american rescue plan uh, money and i was I was on the the commission when we first started getting you know this money in. Um, my hope is you know the city got twenty five million the county got thirty five million sixty million dollars as a community a windfall of money that you 're never ever going to see again you know and uh, my hope is that this money would be transformational. And it would, it could really change the odds for people. It could really change our community in a, in a major way. And so, but my fear is, and, and the, the, it's a tale of two different processes. And I'd like for you to kind of, uh, jump into that because, you know, uh, one is a very transparent process. It seems like one's not so transparent. And my fear is that, you know, we're going to divide the money equally among a hundred not for profit organizations who have no track record of success metrics and certainly no accountability. And, and this money is just going to be wasted. So. Jump in there. What, 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 is, what are your thoughts on the American Rescue Plan allocation process?
1: Well, first of all, uh, I'm very disappointed in the approach the city has taken, saying that that can be a closed process. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, yeah, you talked about the, fall, uh, the decline and fall of journalism in this town. Mm-hmm. A perfect example is back in the day when Hank Waters uh, was in charge of the Tribune, uh, he would have sued him yeah and he yeah, would have won i think yeah, yeah uh so very disappointing bad legal advice in my opinion anyway uh yeah i was looking there was an article uh a couple of days ago about all that yeah. and uh fortunately a lot of it is a lot of the claims or requests are all about from the county anyway yeah because that's what we know about <laughs> yeah, that's right uh was infrastructure i'm trying to think What of the others not much for law enforcement yeah. not much for public safety yeah but uh, some some other good stuff i I just have it 's a it's, long list and, and, and
0: to me it 's the likely suspects I mean these are the people that are already getting money from the united way and and uh, you know big charitable organizations and, and social service agencies and and so yeah, you know what are the what are the why why not focus this money on the people who are who are not going to have any other chance? You know, I'm a little bit biased, but, you know, Boone Hospital needs some help to get out of this COVID mess sure. they're in. Uh, they're not going to be able to go to the United Way and say, can you help us out of this mess that we're in? You right. know what I mean? And, and so, and there's other organizations like that uh, that need this one-time help. Well, some really of, of our things.
1: smaller towns in the, in the county, for example. Correct. Correct. Centrea. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of sewer work and things yeah. like that. Yeah. that uh, that's part of the infrastructure ask yeah. and, and, and personally everybody talks about uh the first ward being neglected they've they, we could put some money into improving the sewers there yeah
0: absolutely you know i served with your good friend david shore on, on the boone county regional sewer district and, mm-hmm. and you know they've asked for a line for a big chunk of that money seven million dollars uh but you know what they're going to uh the gun is at their head you know dnr is forcing and the epa are forcing them to do certain things uh once you fix these sewer problems that we have here in Boone County, um, it's uh, they're fixed. You know what I mean? Right. It's a permanent thing, and so it's not money that you had to give them every single year to to do things. So it is frustrating. And you know, we uh, I I will tell you, I'm impressed with Kip Kendrick, uh, our new mm-hmm. presiding commissioner. The fact that he seems he readily admits that he's conflicted. He's he doesn't really know what to do about all the requests and and the the only thirty five million dollars to spend. Uh, I think some of that money was spent before he got there on this Opportunity Campus that nobody's talking about. But, you know, it's one of those things where uh, at least the county is being very transparent, and at least they've got 20 people helping them make this process.
1: It ain't going to be easy. Well, you have talked about how how much we spend in this community on social service assistance. That's why my hope was that a lot of this would be spent on... uh, uh, infrastructure yeah, and, and uh, public safety. Yeah, but, uh, not necessarily officers, but uh, cars or yeah. buildings, etc. Yeah, so, training.
0: Yeah, yeah, all that know, stuff. So, yeah. Okay, I want to jump into our Columbia public schools. So that's been a sort of a sore point for me in in the last uh, uh, twelve months. I, I think that a lot of people have just lost touch about what's happening in our schools. Um, you, you're telling me off the air that there was more bad news coming out of the Show Me Institute this week
1: well it wasn't out of the show me institute i was just told by someone from there but okay. uh, uh, it's from stanford actually a study in columbia 93 students lost 1.1 years of learning in math and f- f- 0.53 years in uh, reading from 90- 2019 to 2022 so you say 93 or 93 percent uh 93 students okay all right you you got to watch them during that yeah. entire period. The yeah. point is, uh, to make that up, they'd have to learn 1.3 years of math every year for the next four years. Now, how likely do you think that no, is? It ain't going to happen. No. And uh, I don't think people realize uh, in Columbia, and this is that media thing again, back in the day, because uh, I find so many people really don't get know what's going on no, in this community. No. And that's because journalism has declined because of money reasons. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so many people don't understand this mm-hmm. stuff. And that Columbia, in the latest uh, MAP scores, was barely above uh, provisionally accredited. Unbelievable. The, the worst in the county. Yeah. And, and, and we are
0: surrounded by school districts, uh, much smaller community, much fewer resources who are outperforming
1: us. Right. And we are... Uh, also s- surrounded by uh, a whole bunch of private schools that are full to the gills. But yet, we spend all of our time,
0: it seems like, if you look at the school board agenda and the, and the public discussions, it's, we're spending a lot of time talking about diversion, equity, inclusion. We're having a lot of time talking about gender identity. Um, you know, And
1: discipline I, problems. and
0: dis- But, you know, what's going
1: on? I mean, why, why aren't we focused on what our schools are supposed to be doing? You know, Fred, one of my biggest pet peeves, and it has been for several years, is uh, the lack of choice and why this Missouri legislature just doesn't get it about how we need to expand choice programs. You know, let's put it this way. Uh, because of Bud Light's recent problems, yep. I don't have to drink Bud Light if I don't want right, to. Right, right. But if I live in the school district of Columbia yeah. and I'm not wealthy – I do have to put up with all that. And so I've been a big proponent of charter schools and education savings accounts so that poor moms and dads that want to try something different can take their sum of money and have their kid go to a better place. And
0: isn't that Uh, what equity is all about? Well, you know, to giving, to giving poor people or yeah,
1: lower-income people yeah. the same opportunity that rich people have yeah, yeah, well, with their school, their children? Just try to get the uh, teachers' unions to agree with yeah. you. As far as I'm concerned, it's almost immoral the way we treat these poor families that cannot get their kids yeah. out of a school. Yeah. And it's a myth to say mom and dad don't care. Yeah. And so, uh, once again, I think Missouri and the legislature, as we wind it down, are going to fail at uh, any real improvement right
0: anything else coming out of that legislative session that uh i know that it looks like we're going to get some money to improve i-70 in a significant way uh yeah. have you seen anything else that has come out of this session that rings a bell with you
1: that's the big one mm-hmm. I, I think another big thing that's underappreciated is the uh, uh child care subsidies mm. uh covid uh, really destroyed the ability of a lot of people to go to work because of child care right. needs so this will help get that all, a lot of uh, uh, suppliers back on their feet, so mom and dad, who normally mom, can find a job and go back to work yeah yeah but the, the biggie by far is the uh, i-70 deal that is a game changer
0: yeah um i want to talk a little bit about um uh, the some of the self-inflicted problems that the city seems to constantly be stepping uh, on its own anatomy um you know we, we spend uh, so much time talking about roll carts uh we we this in the news this past week the it, it comes out thanks to mike murphy at como buzz that the complaint uh, air quotes uh, the alleged complaint from dnr really was it wasn't a complaint from DNR. Uh, it was a citizen's complaint, but yet it, it motivated the city to clean out that homeless camp. And I don't necessarily disagree with their notion, but it, but I do disagree with them not being able to be transparent about the reason they were doing it. Um, so to kind of describe the culture of the city right now, Bob.
1: Well, I've been following the city for a long time. In fact, was city councilor back in the seventies, mm-hmm. okay, and have maintained that, yeah. a lot of relationships, served yeah. on boards and commissions, et cetera. I have to say, Fred, <clears throat> I have never been more worried about the governance of this city than I am right now. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to have to say that, yeah. but uh, you—you know—I tell the truth. I'm way too old to <laughs> try to embellish anything, <laughs> say uh, anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you, you. I was on the water and light board for eight years, from 2005 to 2013. We were already working on the power line. We could see that needed yeah. to be done. Yeah. So they've screwed that one up, and the water plant uh, fix that screwed that up. Utility rates seem to be inverse of what we ought to do, according yeah. to Jim Windsor and others. The roll carts. I can't wait to see this city try to implement with that once we finally get it. Yeah. And I think that it's as disturbing as anything is that DNR quote unquote complaint. You know that that the, the the citizens were misled. There's no other way to say it, yeah, and yeah. that's a really bad sign. And then, well, how do the you carlin, secrecy, as we talked about yeah,
0: well, how do, how do you describe de carlin seawoods how do you characterize De Carlin Seawood's response to that? I mean, he seemed really incensed and very angry uh, that people were questioning his veracity.
1: uh what What do you read into that? uh it's it's really hard to say what to think there because uh uh there's only two explanations uh, as to why he kept repeating the dnr complaint uh fiction mm-hmm. one he was uh telling a falsehood deliberately yeah which i i'd hate to think is true mm-hmm. or he was misled uh but he sure persisted in saying it for a long time yeah and that's what bothers me the most yeah
0: and it's just you know the just a scramble to to cya you know in the in the city and and i think it's sort of uh uh i you know i i would not want sydney olson's job right now I, I don't think you can put the blame on her necessarily uh but um you know maybe only the i guess the truth will come out eventually but but i mean it's it's got to be a a tough job to defend uh, city administration and the city council at all times.
1: Uh, <clears throat> tougher by the day, it seems. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, the, this new council will be more uh, inclined to work with uh, department heads and DeCarlon and uh, the mm-hmm. police department, etc. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see.
0: Uh, you know, we have to get back uh, to the Raybeck era where the city manager ran the city, mm-hmm. um, and the um, the city council advised from time to time, and they, they basically hired the city manager. Uh, we, we've got to get back to that. And and now, if, if DeCarno's not, DeCarno's a very nice person, but if DeCarno's not up for the job, you know, uh, the city council says, well, you know, you know DeCarno, we're going to let you do your
1: job, but you better do your job. Yeah. You know uh it's a real simple job description, do your job, yeah, that's right, <clears throat> and I have concerns about that, like a lot of the people do, yeah, so the, the uh yeah the uh, another big problem in recent years, but uh the two that the were the worst at it are gone now uh the charter's very clear uh, city council person can order can ask information from yeah. a department head but mm-hmm. they can't tell them what to do right. that's the city manager's yeah. job and we had people violating yeah. that right and left in recent
0: years i think out of respect you should not even a city council person should not even be talking uh, to a department head unless it's in the presence of the city manager you know
1: well i'm okay with calling up the director of public works and say you know i got a complaint about this can you tell me what happened mm-hmm. or, or what's where's your paperwork on this or that yeah. that's okay yeah just don't tell them what to do right it's not your job
0: bob robert great to have have You on the program, we'll have you back in real, real soon. It's, it's it's fun to visit with you. Thank you, yeah. enjoyed it every every second. Yeah, uh, thank you for your insight into our community. This is Fred Perry. We'll be back next weekend with another edition of the CEO Roundtable. Thank you, Bob Roper. We'll see you next weekend on 939 The Eagle.
1: This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love